Welcome to another episode of Distry with Kate the Disney Cicerone and Kirk from Walrus Carp. And today we're doing a one-off episode and it's about uh, Christmas parades in Disneyland. We just uh, figured we would research something as the holidays are coming up. And uh, you're about to experience Disneyland during the holidays as I've been already enjoying. Oh, I forgot to show you these little puppies. I am currently showing a fuzzy Christmas crock off. To Kate, yeah, I, I just scooped these ones. I'm outside, which I'm sure you can hear the monk parakeets. But yeah, I got uh, I got Christmas fuzzy crocs. I know, and they like for Frankenfeet like me, they had twelves. They never have twelves in like really really cute ones. They're usually like, oh, we only go up to size nine. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But no, I, they were like, yeah, we have twelves. I was like, well, do you have thirteen? They were like, whoa, whoa, don't be crazy, you maniac. So I love they're how really we, comfy. We dove into the show and instantly went to talking about your Crocs. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's like a big deal to me. All right, it's my first, <laughs> it's my first pair of fuzzy Crocs, and I love. I'm in love with them, Kate. Like I am in love. I'm out here. I've got Croc the toastiest. Love. I have the toastiest toes of any host. <laughs> toastiest toes. How I can't be that cold out there. I mean, it's, it's freezing. Like it's here. like no, it's like sixty four out. It's awful. I hate this. Sixty four. It's like forty yeah. wet outside, and I think I don't even think I wore a coat. <laughs> yeah, it's out. it's awful out here. Well, I mean, we had a tropical storm. I mean, technically still going on, but yeah, yeah, it's like, but it was fine. It was fine. Everything was fine. It's all good. Oh gosh, cozy I... toes. Dr. Mickey Mouse, Sam says there's so many limited edition Disney vans at Hollywood store in DCA that are size 12. Let me know if you need me to pick you up a pair and bring them to you in January. Nah, I'm good. I only <laughs> wear Crocs. I don't wear Vans. Van, like Vans would like make my feet all uncomfy. I need to be, have, you know, my grippers need some space to move. Now what I'm going to do is every time I go into a store and I see Crocs, I'm going to look for a size 12. That's, that's, that's going to be my new mission. I'm telling you, it's, it's very, very challenging. Very challenging <laughs> to find. They don't have them. A lot of times. And it's 64 in Anaheim. See, like, I don't even put on a sweater until it gets to, like, 60, maybe 59. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> I'm used to it. Although, I did watch you in the summer erupt into flames. So, yeah, yeah I get it. I did. Yeah, you I don't, don't, do, you don't do, yeah, July was not a good time. No, it was bad. You got a front row seat. <laughs> I, was I was like, I was like, so bad. I feel like the rule is you can't come here beyond like early June and yeah. then you still have to stay out of Florida until about now is good. Like you can come yeah. in like October. October is yeah, fine. October was okay. But yeah, yeah. No, no more like July. Like mid-October. Come in like mm -hmm. mid-October. July's okay. bad news for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, shall we talk about parades? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I mean, it, it, yes, yes. Let's talk about uh, the whole concept of Disneyland and Christmas parades, which are very, uh, through the research, I don't know if, it, very religious, extremely religious in comparison yeah. to what they have now. But it, I, I did make a couple of comparisons to I what was we really have part of the course that in that area, like I just watched the, um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch that 1962 holiday special that I sent I you. I watched all of it. Yeah. I watched all of it. I loved every single bit of it. Wasn't like it people are gonna want to see this. They yeah. are gonna want to see Waltz and we. Will, yes, yeah. yes, and it's very it's good. Really, really good. Um, but in that, they had the Columbia, and they actually like had a gift Bible that they gave in the Columbia when they christened mm -hmm. it to mm -hmm. the ship's captain. Captain, as was for tradition. So. <laughs> I also watched them smash a bottle. 
<laughs> on the Nautilus, and then they just left the butt like the glass, like the way they she hit like it. Throw it in, to, like the <laughs> no, water. Or something. She like smashed it on the top, and just like it was like they just laid there. It was yeah. like very un. It was almost like <laughs> like that was a fake bottle. Like that did not. That was like a sugar bottle. You know, she barely tapped it, and it like disintegrated, and no, then just laid no. there. Maybe it was the monorail. I watched them christen something when I was doing my research last night, and they like. They, bro- they broke the bottle and then she just like dropped it into like the water somewhere. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> pretty sure you weren't supposed to do that. I can't oh, this one, one laid. Though. It laid on the top and then they sent the ship off, so it just had like discarded <laughs> glass shards all over it as it was doing its maiden voyage. Nothing like some extra glass trash on the. On well, the I mean, it's you know, it's very much like uh, the oceans now. So yeah. But you can see why, like, when you found that on the Halcyon and you saw you found that um, bottle mm-hmm. and that, like, didn't break, that, you know, that was from the Mark Twain. Like, they had a really hard time breaking that bottle. So I think it was a little homage to that history of when the, they did the Mark Twain and they could not get the bottle to break. Yeah, I'm, I'm 90% sure it was a sugar bottle because she went like this and it was like... <laughs> Because like, mm. they don't want that to happen again. I'm not gonna lie. If somebody yeah. gave me a champagne bottle, I'm not necessarily smashing it easily yeah. over the bow of a ship. Nor would I want to hit my ship with a bottle. No. Well, yeah, it's tradition, but yeah. So <laughs> anyway, let's talk about parades. Christina's like, are we talking about parades yet? Yes. Yes, we're gonna. We're here to talk about parades. What do you? Have you been here? <laughs> are you new here? here? So the very first parade, Christmas parade, we're talking specifically Christmas parade, Mm -hmm. um, was in 1955, but it wasn't really a Christmassy parade. So um, no, it was it was a parade with figures, but it had yeah, it was the Mickey Mouse Club Circus Parade. So what they had was um, they had something called the Mickey Mouse Club Circus that they were trying to promote. Um, that opened on Thanksgiving Day in November 24th of 1955. Um, ironically, it later then closed um, January 8th, never to be opened again, because guests didn't really want to come to Disneyland and see a circus. That was, like, not why they were there. But, you know, trial and error, they had to figure out that that wasn't their niche, and they, you know, went a different direction. Um, so it's located where the Matterhorn is today in Disneyland, if anybody knows. <clears throat> if you don't know Disneyland very well, if you're walking into Disneyland and you see the castle, it's pretty much to the right of the castle. Um, it, they had three 75-minute performances every weekday and four on weekends, uh, which included Christmas and New Year's for six weeks. So this was specifically this like circus show. Um, and it was the longest live-action Disney show to date. So, really? Mm-hmm. It's 75 minutes. It's long. 75 minutes is a long time. So... Um, they, so I have this from the, um, let me show you a few pictures first. And then I have an excerpt from the Disneyland news, which was Disneyland's newspaper that used to go out in the parks that they would distribute. I have a whole little entry about it to show you guys, but let's, uh, I'll just show you a few pictures first. This is actually the, um, this, this is the concept art for the circus itself. This, you know. Pretty much is a circus tent with the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, we have admission, admission ticket to the circus. Ooh, 50 cents. Yeah. But it did, it did cost extra. Yeah. And it was it was not cheap. Um, 
And then here's some pictures of the actual event itself, just to give you some context before I read things. Um, it was basically the Mouseketeers doing things, and I have a, a big description of it. This is this is what the tent actually ended up looking like. And Screams also, Christmas to me. Yeah, it's got some holiday lights, I guess. And this is more of a, a bigger view of it here. So... Um, th I have a few more pictures, but I will read a little bit about it first before I show... Oh, wait. No, I have to show this one first. This is... No. I'm going to go back to that one. Just kidding. Um, this one's a good one of kind of like the area. You can see the... It would become Holiday Land. Was this area? It was called Holiday Land. It's pretty tremendous. Yeah, it's a lot of tents and umbrellas. Definitely staying in the shade there in Anaheim. So... Um, so this is from the Disneyland News from 1955. Um, it says, Walt's latest venture marks his first entry into the circus field, and the show promises to be one of the greatest things he has ever done. Titled the Mickey Mouse Club Circus, it will present animal acts and aerialists, clowns and elephants, and introduce the public for the first time to the Mickey, uh, the Mickey Mouse Club Mouseketeers, including Jimmy Dodd, the Grand Mouseketeer as Ringmaster, and Roy Williams, the Big Mouseketeer as the Circus Strongman. Um, and I, I won't read all of this, but they said reserve seats will also be, it's 50 cents for general admission, $1 for children and adults. Um, it'll be located in holiday land. It says the show itself will be a fast paced presentation that will be last about 75 minutes. 12 major acts. Fast paced. Yeah. 12 major acts headline the bill. Leading off will be Professor George Keller's amazing feline fantastics, 13 jungle animals, including lions, Pumas, ocelots, leopards, and tigers headline Keller's Big Cat Act. His unique presentation, he works without whip, gun, or chair, has sent chills through every audience he has played. After the professor's act, clowns will ease the tension, and then Walt's own Mouseketeers will take over center stage with breathtaking, air breathtaking aerial ballet, especially created for presentation here. Trained ponies, dogs, seals, um, and Kinko the Clown. So Kinko the Clown, um, performing camels and llamas and uh, Ted Dwayne's troupe of acrobats and gymnasts. And then I said the cost of the big top was uh, more than $30,000. So a lot. <laughs> um, and they said then you could build, uh, it's, it has red and white stripes measuring 185 feet by 130 feet. You'll be the largest striped circus tent in the world. So very large circus tent. And the seats will be permanently and sturdily reinforced. And another feature, heating installation will make the world's only heated circus tent. More than uh, 200,000 people are expected to see the Mickey Mouse Club Circus during its holiday season. So um, it's really interesting. Um, the grand finale of the show would be this ringmaster, Jimmy Dodd, um, who was the host of the Mickey Mouse Club TV show. Um, he would proclaim, it is a time when even the toys seem to come to life. And then, well, Disney uh, from his realm of fantasy presents the March of Toys. And then they would do something called the Santa Claus Parade. So this is kind of like, it finally gets Christmassy <laughs> near the end. So Right, right. And, uh, and was that processional outside, though? Yeah, well, I'll get to that. So that's, that's okay, I'm just kind of saying, I, like, this is what this Because that's what I found. Saying. That's what was... I'll get is the parade part of it. So this okay. this is what it, like, the parade went to. So it kind of gives you context of the parade. 
So the Christmas part of it, I actually have pictures of, and it says the magic, the magic Christmas tree, 40 feet in 10 seconds, the most spectacular and mystifying circus finale in the history of the big top. Wait, so they had a white fabric tree that rose from the ground to a shining star at the top of the tent. It just like pulled up. Um, and then they would have, uh, they would all sing jingle bells and they would ring bells and then they'd have Santa in the sleigh. So Santa in the sleigh at the end was kind of like, you know, tradition, um, so I have a picture of what that looks like. I, I was going to say, I have a picture of him. Right. That's the one that I was looking at. Oh, okay. So that, so that was like the fabric. You can see the fabric pulled up a uh, tree and then them pulling the sleigh there with the wheels. Yes. <laughs> the wheeled sleigh. <laughs> the wheeled sleigh. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah. So that, that was the Christmas aspect of it. I also love, um, See if I any pictures of the actual circus. So it was it was quite an affair. <laughs> well, I have I have. Hang on, I have um, some of the elephants in this processional, and it's what's interesting is if you, you can see that I'm going to show a still shot first, and then I'm going to show a um, a moving one. So you can actually see the elephants have like Mickey Mouse clubhouse. I can't stand that. I can't zoom on this. Uh, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse ears on them. But then you'll notice that there are some, you know, like the wise men, you have like some of the ideology here, the crescent and the like Middle Eastern kind of vibe. So it's it's like, I think these are supposed to be like the three wise men. Yeah, they did. They had the three wise men. They had um, some camels. Three wise men and camels was kind of like the holiday touches to this parade. There wasn't that many, though. It was largely a circus parade. I love that you have mm -hmm. footage of it. I didn't actually find footage of that. That's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I found I found pictures of things. So they <laughs> like had... The... It was led by... So the parade... If we're talking about parade. So this was like a parade that was supposed to lead you to the circus to get people to try to go to the circus. It was basically like a giant promotion for the circus. So um, it was led by Walt and Fess Parker. If you don't know who Fess Parker is, Davy Crockett. He's the actor who played Davy Crockett. So they had, because Davy Crockett was so huge and swept the nation at the time, um, they had Walt and Fess Parker lead in his Davy Crockett garb, led the first Christmas parade <laughs> was Walt and Davy Crockett. <laughs> also, I don't know if this is Kinko, but can I show a picture of Kinko the Clown? Yeah, please. I, I don't know if this is Kinko, but <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's horrifying, actually. That could be Kinko. I mean, it's, it's, first of all, this is a souvenir of the Mickey Mouse Club Circus, half the price of your admission at 25 cents. But on the bottom, on the bottom, it does say copyright 1955, all rights reserved, uh, Walt Disney Productions. So, like, in my head, that is Kinko. That, it could very well be, and it it kind of matches these clowns that they have in the um, parade here. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that could be Kinko. I, I wouldn't say confirmed because I don't, I need more information, but look yeah. how exciting, you know, maybe they pick one, one child to, to lead the parade. Also, this one elephant looks green, but I, don't, I can't tell if it's a bad image or if it's they painted an elephant green. Well, you I'm know, like, they, did, is... they did paint a lot of, <laughs> animals back in the time you think of like babes in toyland how they painted all the sheep they like i know that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying <laughs> I, I don't possible. know if there's any truth to that but yeah there you go 
Sorry, we should have done a trigger warning for the, <laughs> the clown. Yeah, well. Whew. Yeah, so um, more about the parade. Um, it was so they also had authentic wagons, live animals. Um, it says the action will get underway Thanksgiving Day with an old time circus parade up Main Street. This is the description for it. The entire circus cast, animals, acrobat clowns, and musketeers will march or be pulled in magnificent original circus wagons. The parade will be climaxed by the official lighting of Disneyland's old fashioned Christmas displays. And the entire Main Street will sparkle from the illumination of colored lights on every building and in every shop window. So it was kind of like what triggered the lights, I think, as well. Um, and I do have a few mishaps that happened during this parade, which was kind of fun. Oh, <laughs> so, no. What happened during the parade? Um, so the llamas escaped and ran down Main Street, spitting at guests. So that's fun. Um, a black panther bit the paw off another animal because their cages were too close together in front of a live and horrified audience. Oh, my gosh. So just a typical day in Disneyland there. Um, and then during the performance, one aerialist's uh, top came undone and she had to fly through the air and she couldn't grab it. Um, and then she had to clasp hands with like another performer to to catch her on the other trapeze, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is a family program. I know. I'm not trying not to get too graphic, but she had a wardrobe malfunction <laughs> during her performance. And there was no Justin Timberlake, so. <laughs> um, and the other parts of this, uh, there was there was. You know, the candlelight processional is a huge tradition in Disney. Um, yeah, and it, it yeah. Kind of, it wasn't actually started in 1955, but they did invite choirs to come in and sing on the bandstand well, on Main Street USA, and they called it the Christmas Bowl. Yeah, so I was going to say, I actually have a picture of the Christmas Bowl from, Christmas and this Bowl. is from 1955 with the choirs. Yeah. And we see this this choir concept happen throughout Walt Disney World, but then also even in that very first footage from 1962 of the first televised Disneyland Christmas Parade. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a choir is really the starring act at the very end during nighttime, you know? Yep. It was kind of like what set the mood for the end of the night, you know, like Christmas carols. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, the, the Christmas bowl Christmas is really cool looking. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. Hey, <laughs> Christmas there's something, bowl sounds there's, like a food dish. Yes, it does sound like a food dish. <laughs> you know, the one thing though uh, that is cool is that they did have a Christmas tree though. Is there's not a ton of decorations. Like I did find some decorations. You know, like on your fort, you had some wreaths put up, and there are some lights. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was a tree on Main Street. So. Yeah, that did, that um, did exist. That's that's that bad boy. Well, wow. they they said that the what they wanted to do was make Main Street USA look like Courier and Ives. So if you think of like the holiday, what thing. does that mean? Um, I believe it's that's a great question. Like it's like I, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. Um, well, I know it's in the Christmas Carol. I want to say like you know you had Norman Rockwell. I think Courier and Ives was also in that. It was a New York printmaking business that operated in 1983. They made lithographs. Yeah, I feel like pictures. I mean, if you look at their pictures. Oops, pictures. 
Yeah, they're they're kind of like these. They're not watercolor. They're oil paintings, but they just they're they call them lithographs, hand painted lithographs, based like on art. news and events. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like here, I'll show you. Just this has nothing to do with Disney, but this is the Lexington ablaze kind of look. <laughs> so Christmassy. <laughs> Chestnuts roasting Sing on an on open the fire. <laughs> Lexington. <laughs> Burning Bowen. in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh, this, it's not funny. It says a hundred people perish. You monster! January thirteenth, eighteen forty. I guess it's not. I guess it's not. It's not too soon. Not too soon. <laughs> You're sick of. I'm not laughing. At hang on, hang on. There's. This is. A, this, here we go. This is more Christmassy. Let me show you. <laughs> this is That's Central Park, and people about. are yeah, they're ice yes. skating and, it's, and it's very like nice. An idealist. Yeah, it's like an idealist Christmas scene, mm -hmm. you know. And so people that that was like, oh, that look, that feels like Christmas to me. Like so. coincidentally, uh, if you look at the folks in here, uh, decked out in all of their suits and whatnot, very common throughout uh, the early days of Disneyland was to you wouldn't come to the parks looking like me like a schmohawk you would have to uh actually look nice you know dress up a little they bit wouldn't wear that hat you have on like <laughs> come on they would wear these <laughs> i don't i don't you should see the uh you should see the courier and ives that i'm looking at right now I, it's pretty sus and this dude has a hat <laughs> hang on hang on hang on all right children avert your eyes there's nothing it's not that bad look at that hat oh my Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. She's a Christian though, so what I'm are assuming. What doing? Like, is she like pushing the kids' heads away so they oh, don't uh, see? Oh, she's she's definitely like he's smooching me and don't look. Don't kids. look, kids. The, the look, 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 kiss me quick is the name of this. Children, this is the third time within an hour, and I have that I have placed your hats properly on your heads. There. <gasps> Ooh, she's smooching with her kiddos around, and she has to pretend that they don't put their hats on. Let me put on. your hat Correct. on a little tighter for mm -hmm. you, just to mm -hmm. make sure it's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I can't even read what Kate's or uh, what Kat's writing in here either. It is so, <laughs> in a, it is so inappropriate. I will leave that to the comments. This has gone downhill mm -hmm. for so Christmassy. Um, okay, so the first Disney, so this is from the uh, former executive vice president of Disney Entertainment, Ron Logan. Okay, he said the first Disneyland parades consisted of the Disneyland band and a few atmosphere groups that would march down Main Street. Now, this is like parades in general, okay? The parade was a way of performing for thousands of guests without a stage facility, and the Disneyland parades began with Main Street and Frontierland vehicles that evolved into seasonal parades with special floats including Christmas, Easter, Fourth of July, etc. And so the parades became a popular draw that could be advertised. The parade times were generally scheduled when lines might be the longest for the attractions of, of when you want to lead guests down Main Street and out of the park. So this is more like parade strategy, for the, but they, you can see from the beginning they use parades to either alleviate you know the the strain on the rides wait times 
or to get people to go places. So like, you know, let's see the parade. And then people are like, and I'm tired and I need to go, you know, out of the park after this, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. it's kind of to like move people places. And that's what we saw with this um, circus parade is like, they, they were actually trying to encourage people to follow the, follow the circus into the circus tent and then go watch the show, of course, which they would have to pay for. So it was a big giant publicity stunt <laughs> with Santa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <At> the end. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, uh, it's kind of shocking that the parades don't go through a gift shop. They might. Maybe in the Maybe future. In the future. <laughs> I mean, technically, they kind of do because the Emporium's right there. It draws you to the shops and the foods. and the. I mean, it, there's shops on both sides when you're entering and leaving. So You're kind of like forced into the gift shops because like, eventually you can't walk down the middle. You, have, you can either walk outside the gift shops on the center or you have to walk through them. Epcot's the only one that isn't completely staged with gift shops on the on the sides for our parks because magic kingdom main street confectionery vault uh glass uh the high-end luxury and then food and then the emporium so yeah i mean you can't get out of there uh hollywood studios is magic bands pin trading odds and ends and then vault and then on the left side is yeah i mean it's it's well and who doesn't go in through the create uh, the creation shop what is it in creations it's creations yeah who doesn't walk through there just for the air conditioning alone like, well, well i feel like I, so, everybody walks through there just for the ac so that was the problem with mouse gear mouse gear didn't really have it wasn't the fastest way because the way that it was shaped it wasn't easy to use it as like a shortcut that's where true. creations is naturally if you look at the pathway yeah, it is a pathway to cut across to get to guardians and uh so or or to get over to um like spaceship earth and get out faster it is faster literally through the gift shop so the way that they i still think that it's one of the best gift shops on property because of the space you don't even when it's crowded it doesn't feel necessarily crowded good use of mobile uh order and there's exits everywhere where if you think of like the emporia sorry we're getting into gift shop logic we should do this another time i'm going to stop talking <laughs> this is there's like i would yeah. love to do a whole topic on gift shops but yeah another day um so then the, the end of that is he says the signature parades were something that could be scheduled closer to closing and become a major event to keep guests in the park until then as well so that's why they schedule parades fireworks shows it's not just because like we have to wait till it gets dark necessarily it's because they want to keep guests there longer when they might have left earlier because they're tired but they're like no we got to stay for the fireworks it's very very strategic to keep guests in the park longer yeah yeah and it definitely uh i don't know how well after the a long long park day you're more susceptible to just going yes yes uh-huh yep <laughs> it's just I can't anymore. The kids are screaming and want a snack and want a toy and want, want a whatever. Thing. And you're like, and you're I don't, just like, yes, yep, yep. Just yep. make it stop. Mm -hmm. Please. <laughs> I am just... exhausted. I have no will to fight this. <laughs> so true. Mm -hmm. um, so in 1956, I don't. Oh, hang don't... on. Time out. Time out. Before yeah. we jump to 56, can I show a, because it ties into the Mickey Mouse Club circus. Yeah. I have a Mickey Mouse Club card from 1955. So it's okay. it's it actually shows a couple of the members of the Mickey Mouse Club and they're wearing they're adorned with their Mickey Mouse ears Aww. and their badges and even the clubhouse in the back says Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and then 
and then it shows you know, the actual parts. Yeah, sorry, clubhouse. sorry. But well, that one is a clubhouse, so yeah, but, yeah I'm with you. The um, but then it actually shows the park on the back, which I think is is pretty cool, that and as an fun. advertisement too for the parks, because you're gonna be like, what is all this? Like, if you're a part of this club, which means that they have a mailing list, which means that they're sending out probably letters or things from Waltz and whatnot. Like this would be a great way to get people not only as a cool keepsake, but also get people to know that you have a park and you have all this fun stuff they should check out. Like there's hippos and gators and, oh my gosh, what is that? A steamboat? This is crazy. I got, I got to check out these. What is that? It's a pirate ship back there? I don't even know what's going on. I could. Well, you have to think of, like, the Mickey Mouse Club really did not have a very long run. Like, it was, like, three years, I think, is all it lasted before the networks, like, nixed it. But it was one of the biggest, um, it was one of the, like, first, like, programs that was designed for children. And it mm. was, it, every child in America that had a television was pretty much watching it. It was, like, a captive audience of all of the children in America. And so it was huge. It was absolutely huge. And so it makes sense that they would theme things after the Mickey Mouse Club, you know, as Disneyland opened because to capture that, you know, that, that that's what the children loved at the time. You know, like, let's capitalize on that. I mean, if you th if you think, it, yeah, it's brilliant branding. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's like, that's why we have these lovely hats, which I can't put a hat on a hat. <laughs> of course <laughs> you can put it. it. Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you just said you can't put a hat on no, a hat. I got up here. Dude, I put it the other side. <laughs> I have a hat on a hat. <laughs> Twinning. <laughs> Twinning. I had my original one from 1980s somewhere, but I don't know where it is. This is more of, I think this was 2000s that I got this one. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. To entertain yourselves, kids. I'll be back in two seconds because I really want a twin. I'll be right back. Give me, give me one second. Okay. I know I don't know where mine is. I feel like it's somewhere, but I don't know. I've got. I think I tucked it somewhere safe. I've got my jacks from 1955. Those are there. I must have just tucked it away for safekeeping. Uh, so yeah, I um, this is my Remy cheese ornaments, <laughs> and mine lights up too. Mine is my batteries are dead. I couldn't find. I didn't have replacements, so it does light up. Our friend oh. uh, in Pocket Fan Maria got me this because uh, she was like, apparently you really like cheese. After I ate nothing but Swiss cheese at the dessert party <laughs> of uh, the fireworks. <laughs> So there you go. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I do have, before we move on to the next year, um, I do have this, I guess there's this, this, this one, I think it was during this parade because there's like a knight on horseback in the back. But yeah, early Mickey. <laughs> Mickey of your nightmares. Um mm -hmm. This was and this was before Walt was like, we got to have some sort of continuity with these characters because they were, you know, not they were varied in height. They were varied in weight. They were varied in everything. There was like zero continuity whatsoever for actually quite some time. So um, moving on 
1956, they, for the... <laughs> what? Oh, he just goes... He and Kinko must be friends. <laughs> yes, that would... That's logic oh, saying yes. That is, now, that's the real spooky <laughs> Halloween party. Um. Uh, okay, 1956, there... I. I don't have a lot of information about the parade for 1956. Um, I know that for the candlelight procession, like pre-candlelight procession, um, under Dr. Charles C. Hurt of the University of Southern California, they had singers from eight visiting choirs perform as a group on the train station steps accompanied by the Disneyland band. So kind of like moving closer to that processional feel. Well, I, I also got a Christmas tree, and there was also a dancing act as well for that, which... For did not exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Christmas bowl back in action. So, yeah. Look, you got a tree back here, and then yeah, they're doing a little little dancing. So festive. <laughs> <laughs> I like those dresses. Um. Okay. So in 1957, they're like, let's kind of make this a little more Christmassy if we're actually going to do a parade. So that's when we have the Christmas in Many Lands parade which actually only ran for two weeks of Christmas vacation. So they waited till kids got out of school, and that's when they had the parade. Um, and Walt then, at this point, I think he kind of did it in 1955, but this is when he officially started his lifelong tradition of being the Grand Marshal for the first, Chris, uh, the first Christmas parade of every season, usually accompanied by his grandchildren. And somebody put in a note here that, like, who didn't at all enjoy the attention. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I'm not sure. But they said they seemed to be kind of self-conscious. Um, oh, there's actually money... more more uh, Christmas trees than just the one. There's a bunch. So Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Although I never was a fan I, of, like, the all-white Christmas tree. I'm also yeah. not a fan of the all-white lights. That means I'm in a fancy neighborhood. And I don't belong <laughs> here. I need, I need all the colors. I have all white ones on my tree, so that shocker, shocker. But not in my front yard, if that makes. I have all colored okay. in the front yard. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I... Does that balance it out? No. Well, you know what? Art. Okay, ready? Hang on. I I have to add because we have like one of those like pre lit trees, so like yeah. you have to add things, and we add two different things. We add little snowmen onto the white lights, and we also add little like caps. They're caps for the lights of like santa on there and they're red too and then i put like a couple of colored lights on there as well but the, no everything outside is has to be multicolored. well we just let our kids like go to oh, town back, with, yeah. with our outside lights james pretty much um does all of the lights outside for us so my oldest son so <laughs> that's uh that's fun so he we just let him do what he wants as long as it's safe we're like don't go on the roof kid <laughs> it's good times having older kids <laughs> Um, anyway, so let's talk about 1957, the Christmas in Many Lands Parade. Um, money was pretty tight. Um, it was kind of more of a budget parade to some extent. They had, they did have Disney characters scattered along, um, a lot of community made floats. And then they also had a lot of local cultural groups dressed in native costumes. So Walt's philosophy was that Disneyland was dedicated to, um, all the people of all the nations in the world. And so it was not unusual for them at the time to invite clubs and historical societies and other groups to participate in Disneyland events like parades, uh, which I think is actually kind of really interesting because they, um, 
sometimes they would like not show up or they'd like they'd have like three of them show up or like 50 of them show up like there was no like continuity about who was actually going to be in the parade because they were volunteers and you can only kind of expect so much of volunteers you know it's like you're getting them for free you get what you get you know that's <laughs> that is what mm -hmm. it is so um and i do have do you have any pictures of this one I don't have any pictures of that one because, like, they all kind of blur. I only have the mass choirs on the train station from D23, and then I do have a processional photo from 1958 of them walking uh, uh, walking down. Okay. That's all I got. Um, I'm pretty sure that this one um, – I want to make sure I'm showing the right one because I think this is the next one. Yeah, that's the next one. I don't have a lot about this one either. I do have, um, so I'll just talk about that. So the, the, some of the ones that they had, they had a group from Holland with a tiny windmill float. They had, um, UK represented right. with like medieval costumes. I'm going to find, I'm going to find these. 1956. 1957. Christmas in many lands okay. parade. Well, it's in that holiday. Actually, it's in the holiday video that 1962 they still had them in there so it's in okay. that one did you see that with the different ones i watched that entire thing i'm just going to look for some quick snapshots of that before we get to there Let's see if i can find something so they had the group from holland they had a group from the uk go. with Got medieval costumes the one from the uk makes me laugh because they're actually dragging a yule log down main street <laughs> yeah so here's here's ireland and they're all wearing kilts which, of course, Walt, Walt loved that, as in his family mm -hmm. was Irish immigrants. Hang on, these are not showing all the... I feel like that's the new Hang on, let me, one. I'm going to pull up... Here, I'm going to pull up the video. And there... I'll just keep chatting about it while you do that. Um, yep, so, yep, yep, Mexico, yep. they had colorful costumes and dances with pinatas that were held high in the air. Um, and this parade kind of served as a early precursor to the proposed world holiday land that was going to be uh, kind of like a world showcase of um, holidays around the world that would be internationally themed and paid homage to nearly 30 different countries so if that sounds familiar that's because it was that idea later became the world showcase in epcot but it was originally planned to be in disneyland behind pirates of the caribbean was going to be this uh, world holiday land she never actually got built but that's what this would have been as kind of a precursor to that so Kirk's showing this footage. Um, there was one. I'm trying to remember. This this is going to show. So there's the Holland windmill. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And again, they're not they're not like huge, giant, impressive floats. These were kind of like community made floats. So more like your local local parade. Mm -hmm. Some solid windmills there. A good accordion. <laughs> the Yule log is coming up. I promise. The Yulog's my favorite part. This one's weird, though. Look at the costumes. That's... Which, apparently, these were very authentic for yeah. the timepiece of those. Yeah. And that, that came from Norway, those ones. And here's the Yulog. Yulog. <laughs> just, just a log. And then that's, that's like a boar's head. Boar's head. Mm-hmm. Oh, that it was, was um, hang on. Yeah, Father Christmas. And then the Norway, didn't didn't the one have, had Christmas with a goat? Yes. That was one of them. 
Yeah. He literally, it's Santa Claus with a goat. It's a Scandinavian country for sure, right after Father Christmas. So Father Christmas and then Goat Christmas. <laughs> Was there reindeer? I feel kind of bad. Yeah, about not reindeer. very cooperative reindeer. At least it didn't spit on people. No, or worse. chew off a paw. That looks like Germany. Mm-hmm. And then Mexico. This is Mexico with the pinatas. Yep. China. And China. Mm-hmm. And the music to this is kind of like themed to, at least in this documentary or in this film. We'll put uh, we'll put a link to this if you want to watch any of this on um, in our Discord channel. This is Japan because it, it is really fun. There's uh, this is actually this entire special which uh, aired in 1962, uh, essentially was a Disneyland commercial. Uh, that just was coupled with a Christmas parade at the end and in the front had like a little vignette of Waltz, which we'll eventually show. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a lucky goldfish. <laughs> There's the boat. That's all Japan. And then live elephants. Like, again, mm-hmm. this is India with some kids. And look, there's like a little safety rope. <laughs> She's like holding on for dear life. Oh, no, that's, and a, that's bear. a bear, by the way. That's a bear. A live bear. Mm-hmm. There's your llama. There's the llamas, yep. Save the drama, Kate. <laughs> Save the drama. And a camel. Thursday, or I could make a humte joke. I know. Just missed it. <laughs> So that that is um, obviously that was from 1962, but it's very similar um, to what happened in 1957. They just kind of carried that parade of nations, if you will, through Um, this. The Parade of All Nations was an extension of Walt's commitment to the people to people initiative to enhance international understanding and appreciation of other cultures, which I actually really love. I love that there's like, let's let's like appreciate all the cultures. And at the time, Walt was also producing a short documentary series titled People and Places for the Same Purpose. So he had that going on as well. Um, there is, um, and then they also had uh, the, the early candlelight procession grew from this as well um, as large choirs followed the Christmas in Many Lands parade from Sleeping Beauty Castle into the plaza. So now they're actually processing versus just dancing and singing in the the uh, Christmas bowl, which I'm just going to, I'm going to talk about the Christmas bowl forever. Cause now I just kind of like it. I do have, so here is one of those processionals. This is the first official 1958. I love that. Have you ever seen um, any, like, do they still do the candlelight processional in Disneyland like they do in Disney world? They do, um, but it's only two days and two performances, and it's like an invited invited audience only for the reserve seats, so like Club 33 members and like higher-ups. And then um, if you want to go to it, you pretty much got to be there at when the gates open and sit in your spot for the entire day, like tag team with somebody else. and Or you can try to sneak in right as the show's ending and try to claim your spot for the second show. It's It's kind of 
hard to do so it's it's not a lot of people get to actually like go and see it just because it's like yeah. it's just hard to hard to ours, do ours ours is you have to buy a um a dining package which they used to do regal eagle which is a quick service barbecue uh that has a dining package and so does spice road table they're the the cheapest candlelight processional packages that you can buy um to go see you know everybody always would freak out when neil pack patrick harris does it everybody loves that night <laughs> they lose their minds for mph yeah i've never actually seen it ever i've never been I've, there during I've it i've watched recordings of it but i've never been to it because it's like mm-hmm. it's impossible to get to so yeah. but it's been tradition pretty much since the beginning to have at least choirs singing in disney um i do have a few photos this one's got some happy holidays. happy holidays happy holidays you can see a lot of the decorations on Main Street, too. Um, Disneyland is the most decorated par- U.S. Disney park for Christmas. So there's the, the most Christmas decorations in Disneyland of any U.S. park. So. And uh, time out. Jackie said that tonight on Mom Street uh, USA, right here on TikTok Live with Jackie and uh, Kate, they will be discussing uh, the candlelight processional and holiday things in the parks uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or what is that? 6. 6 p.m. Pacific. Pacific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll be a really fun discussion because we'll be talking all things Christmas in the Disney parks. So I'm just going to wear this hat all day. You guys will be sick of me. be great. <laughs> You've been wearing that hat since November 1st. Who are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring it with me to Disneyland next week. So if it just happened to get cold, I'll do that. I have... Um, I think some of these photos are actually from the next one. I do like this one, I think, is from 57. And it's got some of the characters. Oh, yeah. Yep. I saw that one. Super cute because they they are kind of getting a little bit festive. Just a little bit. Not much. Just slightly. And, like, I'm assuming that's Charles Dickens in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Because they perform outfits. Yeah. most Most of the choral productions were pieces from that so and i believe that this was also the year they started putting the no wait that can't be right this will be later i was gonna say they started putting a star on the matterhorn but the matterhorn wasn't until 1959 but i'll show you anyway what the star would look like oh i love that one oh my gosh it's the past and the future all in one christmas sleigh. it's got everything this is yeah this is uh, the ghosts are all here <laughs> this says christmas's past present collide at disneyland in december 1958 when the sputnik era spacemen wandered out of tomorrowland sputnik era is what they're referring to if if kids you don't know your history sputnik was like one of the very first satellites ever launched by uh and it actually was launched by the USSR, so it kind of created this like space racey type thing, and the uh, of course the attraction Rocket to the Moon. Oh yes, and that's where we get paging Mr. Morrow. Mr. Tom Morrow was from Rocket to the Moon. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's move on to the next parade. So we got lots to cover. So, um. 1958, I do have a note that that was when the first evening candlelight ceremony with six choirs performed at the base of Sleeping Beauty Castle. That was like the first official kind of one. But you can see, like, as we've seen this whole time, it's just been kind of getting to that. You know, they just decided to make it official. Um, 
1961. So now this is when we're going into this one we just I just showed um, that we just showed of the um, holiday special, the same parade. It, the parade name changed to um, Parade of Toys and Parade of All Nations. So can this... I show some toys? Yes, please. people have been alluding to this for quite some time. Are these the same? And for my Disney Worlders, yes, they are the same toy soldiers that we have today. And also the same uh, reindeer. And I'll, I'll show that in the, the video footage. But And then I also got... <laughs> this is kind of a little bit cruel. There's literally a mouse and then a bunch of mice and a mouse, mouse, mouse trap. trap. Yeah. So <laughs> this... Um, the Disney live-action musical Babes in Toyland was released in theaters on December 14th of 1961. So this was basically a giant ad for Babes in Toyland because they wanted this film to succeed, and it did not oh, do man. well at the box office. It was a wow. huge That's fail. So, it's so crazy that Disney would name things and use things to promote a film, but the film was a flop, but people liked the Great. It's almost like Disney and Eisner are so similar. It's so weird. I don't know. That's a strange. Hold, <laughs> hold my tongue till tomorrow, friend. We're going to talk about Eisner tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I'm not going to get into that because we will just go off topic. Um, so, the the... We have to understand Babes in Toyland was the inspiration for this parade. So we have to talk about that just a little bit. Um, the movie was showcased as the, the Christmas attraction in Radio City Music Hall in New York in 1961. Um, and then they Walt even opened a Babes in Toyland exhibit in the Opera House on Disneyland's Main Street on December 17th, 1961, uh, with sets and props from the film to try to drive interest to get people to go see this movie. Um, and then it was also, that's where we saw the giant wooden soldiers, which in the movie are stop, um, stop motion animation, um, which we actually later see those same soldiers in Mary Poppins when, you know, they're cleaning up the room. Same, same ones from Babes in Toyland. But that's where we get the soldiers from is it's just like, if you've ever seen Babes in Toyland, it's like, they're probably the highlight of that film. Honestly, I watched it last night and it was something. Kirk, have you seen Babes in Toyland? <laughs> Uh, not the one that you're thinking of. I actually have very fond memories of Babes in Toyland, but not Disney. Well, it might be made by Disney, but it's a remake. It stars uh, Drew Barrymore and yeah, Keanu Reeves. That one might be better. Oh, boy. This one is oh, an infinite boy. <laughs> This one is horrible, but in the best way possible because I remember it when I was a kid. And I still think it's – I still laugh hysterically when – Drew Barrymore hits the cake and it sounds like she's using the potty. <laughs> very, we were very immature. We would rewind and play that pack, part back in <laughs> however old I was. Um, yeah. So Babes in Toyland, I, it's, I won't say too much more about the film, but it was largely like Mother Goose based story but then there was like these two characters that were going to get married and then some evil guy decided he wanted her inheritance so he was going to like do like get rid of her fiance and it's Annette Funicello that plays the character I can't remember her name um they're just like I'm gonna marry her instead and force her to marry me and then like the 
And then the kids like go on this big adventure to Toyland and all the toys, like the toy machine explodes. I, it was really hard to follow. And then they had these creepy trees that weren't creepy. It was like, they were clearly like the creepy trees from Snow White and like, you know, later on the Haunted Mansion and all those things, but they were like singing. <laughs> so it was like, they were supposed to be menacing. They actually were kind of cute. So <laughs> it was very confusing time. So it, it's, it's an adventure. But I can In see toilet. why it didn't do well. It's yeah, yep. You can see there. So um, that so this is the first time we see the giant wooden soldiers and the silly marching reindeer. Like we said, are in this parade. Um, and then we also we had a lot of well-known Disney characters in this parade, but we also had some non-Disney characters that were rented, like a huge two-person black Scotty dog, a brown poodle who could twirl with a poof on top of its head. And, and then the, later on, there was also a two-person camel whose two humps could rise and fall independently and, like, twirl. So they had just some, like, random animals that they also threw in, probably to represent kind of, like, toys and stuffed animals and things like that. Um, they also had a section with people from different cultures represented, which we saw on um, the film that we showed earlier with that holiday special. And at the end, they had um, Santa, and he had Raggedy Ann and Andy behind him so yeah which i thought was a, a unique closer choice yeah must have just been really popular at the time i guess like it's it's not disney okay so hang on hang on i also <laughs> I, know, I also I'm really like, really like i really love the christmas trees the dancing christmas trees oh yeah you remember these guys? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. They do, like, a little synchronized dance, too. Hang on. Let me make this bigger. Because <laughs> they have hands. Like, they I have know. arms and hands on the Christmas trees. And they flop <laughs> around. Oh, the synchronized. Yeah. And then they, like, go around and they go in a little line. They go around in a circle. Yeah. And the, so, like, the outer ones have, like, gold garland. And the center bigger tree has uh, silver. And is, like, basically putting them in rows and creating order out of uh, the chaos. Uh, and then here comes our amazing reindeer, which shout out to these looking so similar mm -hmm. last they really year. Do. Yeah, they I mean, they they really are even with the ridiculous tongue. That is that is which a real is, thing, which I love that, like, not all of these were super creepy. There were some that are actually very cute, you know, but some of no, them you no, see no, these no, old no. ones and we're like, that's so weird and creepy looking. There's Raggedy Ann and Andy. There's Raggedy Ann and Andy and with Santa. Santa. Throwing candy. And I, what is he throwing? Candy, candy? probably. Rocks. <laughs> coal. <Probably> not rocks. <laughs> Panther um, paws. I don't know. And then they had the balloons at the end as the ending ceremony. They just release. At some point in here, too, I don't know. Maybe that was a different parade. But did you see they release pigeons or doves into the air? I think it was probably doves. Yeah, I I think the doves makes more sense than the balloons because this actually makes doves and uh, pigeons drop from the air, not release. So. Yeah, so I don't think eat they all the balloons. They would. They did they the would same not. thing for uh, Small World when it opened. They had balloons just like everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if you want to play a little bit of that parade more, I have this really great interview with Bill Justice. Um, about this parade and the origin of the parade. Okay. So I'll so just. What do you have a? Do you you know what? I'll do the start with the with the toy soldiers and uh, and you'll narrate. Is that what you're? Or you're you're just reading the interview, right? I'm just going to read the interview like, so you guys can just have something to look at while I'm reading. So we have a so. visual. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Fire away when ready. Okay. 
So this was uh, an interview with Bill Justice. And he says, uh, Exitensio and I, along with Ward Kimball, built all the toys and everything for the film. I think it was around late August 1961. The picture was to be released in the fall, and Walt came down and said, I, I think we ought to have a giant toy parade in, in Disneyland. Up until that time, they'd always had a Christmas parade at Disneyland almost from the beginning. The parade was primarily comprised of volunteer groups with people from different countries, and they would make a little floater card or little of some kind. Maybe they would put their type of Christmas tree in the way it might be decorated in Norway, Sweden, Germany, or whatever. They'd dress in their native costumes, and they'd get together with a little group of people that would represent their country. The problem was that all, like all volunteer staff and a lot of them worked during the week, so we'd never know how many would show up. Sometimes there'd be three or four groups, and other times there'd be 25. Walt felt we needed publicity for Babes in Toyland, and believe me, I, it needed publicity because it didn't turn out the way it should have. Anyway, X and I were proud of the toys and the stop-motion stuff that we did for the picture. Walt said, why don't, since we need to get control of the parade anyway, why don't we make a giant toy parade? He told me that I was to take charge and supervise the building of all the toys and floats and costumes and so forth. As you might suspect, Walt had very specific ideas about how he wanted the parade to look. He said, Bill, we're not in competition with the Rose Parade. He didn't want the floats too big or out of scale. He didn't want little kids to have to lean backwards and look up high to see. I had no experience in any of that, but you never said no to Walt when he told you to do something. He thought you could do it, so you did it, and it usually turned out surprisingly well. I guess he picked me because it was going to be a toy parade and X and I had designed all the toys in the picture, and he wanted the same type of toys. It was tough. We had to take the soldiers, so we designed down there and put somebody in them to wear. So we had to make compromises. They needed to look exactly like our toy soldiers in the film, but real people had to be able to move in them. They're still using those soldiers today in the parade, although they have to occasionally rebuild them. They're still using the reindeer that X designed that were the funny looking reindeer with the tongues hanging out. They still use the glockenspiel girls and a lot of other stuff we originally did. We had toy cannons, we had big clowns and little carolers and things that were toys that would be done in miniature for the movie. They were only about so big and the toy soldiers were about um, 12 inches tall, but now we were designing these things that were like six foot tall soldiers and toys that would be giant toys. We did a whole parade of those things. Later on, I did the snowmen and snow women and the dancing Christmas trees that twirled around and were costumes and so forth. So this toy parade came out of the same time as the movie, really a bad movie inspired a good parade. We usually started the Christmas parade as soon as school gets out, which is usually the second weekend. We'd run the Christmas parade twice a day or once in the afternoon and once in the evening until New Year's. The person who was in charge of entertainment in those early days was Tommy Walker. He was wonderful and one, night, one time he came up with a great gag for the parade for the preview night. Each year we would have a preview night of the parade for the press, studio management, invited dignitaries and more. Walt would be there to welcome everyone. He'd be sitting on the top of the bleachers in front of the train station with his wife. Tommy ha had my wife Maria sitting across the street from the reviewing stand so she could be seen clearly. She had a little boy that everyone assumed was her son. It was actually Roy's son, Roy E. Disney. He would run out in the street every now and then and attract attention. A balloon vendor came down the street and approached Maria with her son. The balloon vendor was actually Wally Bogue, who was the entertainer at the Golden Horseshoe Review and a very funny guy. He gave the balloons to the little boy and he rose straight up in the air holding onto the balloons. Marie started running after him, shouting, the audience gasped, but we let them in on the gag. Marie had switched her live son with an identical costume doll. 
We had quite the time making it light enough to be lifted by the balloons. We had a note on it saying that anyone who found the doll bring it back for free Disneyland pass, but it was never returned. Um, those were the first character costumes I ever designed, and Walt liked them so much I found myself doing costumes designing for characters in the park. I worked with Bob Phelps, who came from Western Costume, as well as Tom Pierce and Jack Muse, who also had worked there. It was Bob who came up with the posts with the padded tops for the character heads. The kids would take off their heads and practically throw them on the ground. We spent a lot of money on those things, but the kids would be so exhausted they wouldn't put them on the ground. Walt was very interested in character costumes. At one time at the meeting, they were kind of poo-pooing the costumes, not being important, and wanted to move on to another subject. Walt stopped them. Wait a minute, he said. Our character costumes are the most important thing we have in the park. They are so popular that you watch families come in, and if Mickey Mouse comes out, or Pluto or Goofy or any of them come out, the first thing they do, the child runs to the character, and they've got to get their picture taken with Mickey or whoever it is. Other parks can have their thrill rides, they can have their bands, they can have pigeons with ribbons on them, and they can have sorts of other things, but they can't have our characters. They are very important to us. Us. Um, there's more, but I'm going to stop there just because it's, we had a little talk about. So, um, really interesting interview about like the one who designed these costumes for this parade. And I just, sometimes I just want to give you guys the actual primary source instead of just paraphrasing it all for you. So, so that was, that's basically that the print. Now we're back to the international section. Like we saw. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is incredible because it, it really does bring you full circle now to what the parades look like, you know, hang on. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find. Sorry, Elliot's texting. <laughs> no, no, you're good. It's it's. I honestly, I had to run up while I I put the parade on a stand because uh, <laughs> my daughter was opening all the way inside the house was opening my AirPods kit. And I was like, oh, no, she's going to say something. <laughs> like, so, like, she, I, I pull it in, and she has one in, and I'm like, oh. So I had to, like, quick run. I get it. But amazingly, uh, I did actually uh, – I did film this. I caught it last year. So if you are lucky enough to be in Disney when they uh, – like, the week of Christmas, you don't have to be at the Christmas parade to see the Christmas parade. So, or the, the, whatever, what do you call that? The, you don't have to be at Very Merry to see it. So I'm going to just scroll through and try to see some of these other characters. Um, Jackie, that interview is not in a, in um, a book, but I will post it in this story on our discord so you can read it. Everybody always likes Max, but I'm going to find. Now, I don't know if these guys were in there, but they look so reminiscent like they could. The gingerbread men? Oh, the gingerbread men were later. So, um... Okay. We can actually probably move on to that. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything. Yeah, so that was in the... Uh, let me jump back to the toy soldiers. That was in the <laughs> fantasy on parade. I believe. Let me double check. Maybe it's... No, that's the Merry Christmas, very Merry Christmas parade. So, what happened from this point was there was kind of the parades were kind of like trade on and off for a little while. There was, um, on 1964, they changed it to the Fantasy on Parade, um, which stuck around for a while. And then it became the Very Merry Christmas Parade, which is where the 
gingerbread cookies are in 1977 um, through 1979. And then the fantasy on parade came back. So it was just kind of did this um, weird kind of flip flop thing for a while. But the, the cookies, the gingerbread cookies, I actually have kind of a fun fact about them. I have an early picture of them too, but they, um, the problem with the cookie costume was that they were made out of uh, Scott foam and they looked great, but they didn't hold up so well. So when it rained, um, they became walking sponges because it absorbed all the water. And so like by the end of the parade, that made them really, really heavy. They would come in like sloshing into the, into the gate in, in town square because they absorbed all the water, which I thought was hilarious. I do have a picture of the gingerbread men somewhere, the historic ones here. This is what the, the ones made that had all the foam. They look like this. These ones look like they're made out of just like a felt almost. Yeah. Oh, and foam. The heads are definitely foam. I mean, you wouldn't want to get these things wet. He was looking at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was in the... Which parade are you showing right there? That is... Well, that's the one they actually do for Very Merry, but I caught it during regular park hours because I didn't live down here at the time, so I had a whatever the platinum pass, like whatever the big pass was, so I didn't have any blockouts. So I was like, oh, I, I guess I can... I can just go during the week of Christmas. So I I did, and it was awesome. I was like, you can see this parade without a ticket? <laughs> Fun fact, you can also see any of the uh, the Halloween or the Christmas party um, fireworks without a ticket if you go to the Poly Grand Flow, or my favorite spot is the Contemporary. Contemporary, you can go watch them upstairs, and nobody will bother you. Or Disneyland, they don't even have a Christmas party this year. They just do it every night the Christmas fireworks so I think that's so cool but yeah. like don't you get a show too on Small World that's different as well yeah um it's not a show that just the whole show of Small World's changed to Christmas music and decorations and the whole thing's lit up I mean it does kind of like they light it up at 5 p.m so that happens but um but then we have World of Color which is also a holiday show which we'll talk about more on Mom Street tonight so I won't take our time up about that but I mean, there's a lot of, like, great Christmas stuff happening at Disneyland right now. So, um, so 1964, Fantasy on Parade. was. Um, so this was actually the first Disney parade to have units that would stop and perform along the parade route. Because otherwise it was just, like, they just rolled on by, like a traditional parade at the time. Um, but this one would have actual units that would stop and perform. And it was... Uh, Pete, the villain Pete, was his only known Disney Parks appearance, and he drove a dog catcher vehicle. And I was actually not able to find a picture of that, otherwise I wanted to see it. What was the, what was the year? 1964. It's called Fantasy on Parade. Um, and as the new parade was developed, uh, at this point, this is when Walt wanted to improve the character costumes to be more on-model um, so height ranges had not been established yet. Sometimes Mickey and Minnie were six feet tall. And at first only males were hired as costume characters, but practice that would generally continue with a few exceptions until 1973. So it was like just men in the costumes. Um, and then at Walt's request, a new Mickey Mouse costume was designed by John Hench. Um, Walt wanted to cast a, a smaller performer for the Mickey role and standardize the performer's height in the costume. 
Paul Castle was personally selected by Walt to perform as the new Smaller Mickey for Fantasy on Parade, where he beat a massive rolling drum. And then... The, the rolling drum is pretty wild. It is. I mean, it's huge. Hang on. So, here's from the Fantasy on Parade, and here's the giant drum that literally Mickey straight up would whack from the top. <laughs> I think I've got... This one, I think, is from that. I don't know why it's in black and white. Fantasy on Parade. This was like the ticket for it. It's all backwards, sorry. And then... Um, I think this is where they started having... So I have a, a news article that was from, about this parade from the L.A. Times from 1965, and I love this one. It says, it's titled, Disneyland Yule Capers Delightful. If you think Disneyland is as a 12-month-long Christmas as all of us middle-aged kids do, you wonder how it can top itself during the season itself. But its twice-daily, hour-long fantasy on parade achieves this to the shrill satisfaction of the genuine chronological kids who attended with me Sunday afternoon. The ingenuity of the Disneyland designers remains endless and amazing. A long, a long lavender caterpillar display, deploys winged butterflies who do dainty little dance before caterpillaring up Main Street again. The wooden soldiers and their band really look like wooden soldiers, so they just repurpose the wooden soldiers there. Um, beyond the Disney standards, we're fine performing, they're fine performing dogs and dancing bears. Um, goofy performers, Goofy performs with a delightful trick car and Mickey himself beats the world's largest ba uh, bass drum. Uh, Santa himself is strictly traditional, jollity-wise, but his prancing reindeer, tinkling and silly, repurposed reindeer, are out of the Burbank tradition and very nearly upstage the old gent, ultimate compliment to the Disney magic. And I love this line. All in all, it's a whiz-bang caper, likely to give the Anaheim Pleasure Dome a, po a very populous holiday season. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I feel like Distry is a whiz-bang caper. It's a great show. You should enjoy the whiz-bangery that we whiz have bang. here. Whiz-bang caper. <laughs> I, uh, I found this advertisement while I was looking for Pete. Um, don't miss the Fantasy On Parade. Yep. And it's a... Uh, so I feel like all my photos got all mixed together. So fantasy on parade became it like came back like it went away in the late 70s and then it came back well okay hang on you want to see the caterpillar i just had a caterpillar picture but i don't know if it's from that parade so i don't want to oh i found some misspeak for it he looks real moody i found him he's this one oh, okay <laughs> that's not the one i have <laughs> <laughs> And then he had little butterflies that came out to like prance okay, around so, like this. So clearly, I missed the caterpillar. Oh, that! Whoa, that's cool. Mm -hmm. A metamorphosis right before your eyes. This was this was what I was looking at. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a different parade. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Although this, I missed like, the context of it. Check out this. Well. Even in, in that 1962 YouTube video of the um, the parade, there was Alice and that exact Mad Hatter was a part of it. 
Yeah, I mean, they just repurpose a lot of the stuff for these parades. They mm -hmm. can just create. And this one's a giant doll. Small world doll. A huge one. It's a world of <laughs> Why does Kirk always find the creepy versions? Yeah. Creepy versions of what? I don't know. All of the things. I think it's interesting oh, here, that they I have... I got you. I got you some creepy stuff. There you go. There you go, you bunch of creeps. Because the dwarves were there, you can see where they would actually look out of would be up in this. That looks more like the right 1960s, there. 61. It was. Version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they they just were saying creepy stuff. So I'm I'm giving the people what they want. Here, you want some more <laughs> creepy stuff? Here you go. Here's a creepy. Uh, what is that? Is that supposed to be Dumbo? Yeah, that's Dumbo. Where is this that taking was early Hang Dumbo. on. This this is not a good Dumbo at all. This is a. Whoa. Well, so I have this one. Whoa. Oh. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's the same Dumbo that they, I think, close to the same Dumbo they used when in the opening day of Disneyland, if you look in the footage for that. Because they had to, like, remember how they had to distract people away from the fact that Dumbo wasn't open they should, yet. They should have distracted people away from that Dumbo. And people were like, <laughs> what is wrong with that thing? This is very much like a precursor to Aladdin. We've got kind of this like Arabian scene with the dancers. And then uh, we have this one with the shoes, very genie-esque shoes. Well, that's, well, I'm not going to lie. Kind of catch that vibe a little bit. Now here's the you. dancing dogs. Oh, these are also. Your Crocs. No, no, no. These are dancing dogs. Don't you oh, get dancing it? dogs. Oh, I get it. These little doggies doing their thing. <laughs> yeah, apparently, Bush Gardens had forever like an animal uh, talent show, uh, but ever since the um, the pandemic, they they haven't brought it back. I always love those when they. I know they do one in Universal. I think Hollywood they still have an animal show. It's really yeah. good. Shoes, not shows. I was showing you my shoes. That's what you meant to say, right, <laughs> On the show, Heidi. <laughs> On the show. <laughs> on the show. I love this one. You can see the star on the Matterhorn really clearly. This is Pinocchio, but you can kind of see. I can't see them very well. And mm -hmm. then um, this one's this the boat with Captain Hook and Smee. Very small Jolly Roger. <laughs> it's like a dinghy. It's a dinghy, yeah. It looks like <laughs> they're dinghy. in the, help me, Mr. Smee. And like Smee is like paddling to him. Yeah. We have a, the, like, dragon mm -hmm. that apparently scared a lot of small children. Uh, scares me. Because <sighs> he would Look at all those feet. So many oh, feet. and I love this one. This is Donald in a Mr. Toad car. Oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. It looks like an actual Mr. Toad car that moves. Which that I could love. drive. Like, mm -hmm. could drive, yeah. I think that's most of the ones I have. Oh, and I can you can see the soldiers. Same ones we saw before. Just repurposed. New and improved. Mm-hmm. So that was the fantasy, the first run of the fantasy on parade. And then we went to the Very Merry Christmas Parade, like I said, from 1979 to uh, 1977 to 1979. And this is when we first saw uh, Pete's Dragon um, and Elliot in the parade because it was released in 1977. So there's an actual dragon in that parade. Um, 
Trying to see. That's where we had the gingerbread men. I'm trying to find it. Oh, here he is. Oh. Here he is. Oh, he looks so cute. Mm-hmm. These photos are definitely all... I love this. They had a lot of um, Robin Hood. Great well. film. So underrated. Oh, Robin Hood's my favorite of all the animation, mm -hmm. which is funny because it's like you would think it would be. Cinderella's a very close second. This is the Very Merry Christmas Parade. This is its very inaugural day, I think, or run. And then they had Mary Poppins with the Dancing Penguins. And they had a Casey Jr. float. Um, we got a good classic Winnie the Pooh. Boo! Boo! Sorry, I was saying I was saying poo. You didn't hear me. <laughs> well, and then we've got Mickey and Minnie in Walt's car, and uh, I'm here. Donald's in this one. You can see though how now they have a bit more consistency in their appearance than what they previously had. Mm -hmm. um, and here's kind of the artwork for it. Super cute. Which we get uh, still today in our parade. Uh, the whole concept of like, like Clarabella is baking. There's the gingerbread house where Max is driving in front of. So yeah, very much. And I love this. So this is when we first see the snowmen too, which a lot of people love the snowmen. This, he came in, they came in first here in 1977. And then you can see that they look like today, just for comparison. So, Adorbs. I love that, like, the, the current Disney parades are very, very much like this, like, conglomeration of all these ideas from all the different years, you know. Mm -hmm. Obviously, things some things have been dropped and some things have been added, but um, over time, that's what it is. So then, I don't have too much else for 1977, the 1980, the Fantasy and Parade comes back again and is there for seven years. And then we get the Very Merry Christmas Parade comes back after that. So the 1980 Fantasy and Parade um, has a Cinderella unit, a Pinocchio unit, a Dumbo unit, Goofy's car, Robin Hood unit, a dog, dog catcher's truck, Peter Pan unit, and a Moppy, Mo Mary Poppins unit. Sorry. Ooh. Um I do have some photos of that one. I the Mary Poppins one? Just in general, the Fantasy and Parade. So as you can see, I'm going to flip this for you guys. The Festival of Fantasy on Parade. Um, this one's 1980. I kind of like the simplicity of that, not going to lie. Mm. Those fonts are definitely coming back. Like, oh yeah. Um, this one's 1976. Uh, let's see. Here's a good one of Mary Poppins. She's on a rooftop. Mary Poppins. I if they have Herbie. The love bug. The love bug. My least favorite part of all star movies. You really don't like it? You're not a fan of Herbie. You know, they have sort of no. ride of Herbie. 
They were going to have like a whole yeah. full on I'm action ride. Very happy that. that didn't exist. <laughs> what do you have against the love bug? I don't know. Everything. <laughs> everything. Everything it stands okay, for. Okay. His name. I do have. I have something actually really cool for this parade. Um, I've got the original schematics for it, like the layouts for how they were supposed to line up. Just pretty neat. So this would be the Dumbo unit. And they'd show all the characters that are supposed to be in it. And I have I have one for each each one, but I won't bore you with them. Of course, I save them for my own. I love that they have Robin. This is the Robin Hood unit. Little old Prince John. Mm. <laughs> this crown keeps slipping down around that pointed head. And then we have the Dumbo. Dumbo in his little, like, fiery house. That was one of my favorite treats from last year's Mickey's Not So Scary. Or the, it was Boobash. Boobash was there was a Prince John sucker slush. And it came with a... Uh, Love that. It came with a ring pop. So it looked like, you know, how he always has that big old ring on his I finger. I love that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Um, they did have Jiminy Cricket standing in a badge, I guess, would be what that is. It's a representation of your conscience. Conscience. Yeah, it does say conscious. probably says official conscience on it. It's just hard to see the other side. And then um, this one's like, it's pretty hard to see, but it's like goofy and a jalopy rolling on through. So it's really interesting that a lot of this isn't necessarily like Christmas themed. No, it's just characters. And then, yeah, this would be Casey Jr., which they repurposed several times this float. You see it in different colors in different parades. Um, and I think that's most of them. Oh, I had a Cinderella one. I got two. So there's this is what the coach looked like for Cinderella. Oh, that's awesome. Because they re-released Cinderella right around this time, so they were trying to promote that. And then um, this Back is the, from the vaults. The yes. Disney vaults. And this is the float. Gus Gus. Mm-hmm. Fairy Godmother. And they had a huge giant fanfare with, like, a bunch of uh, horses and knights and things, too, just to make it very royal fanfare. All the things. So yeah, it's a, a lot more just like characters versus Christmassy for that one. That's the fantasy on parade. So it's like they they leaned more into the movies and the characters, and then things that were being brought, released. Yes, and then so that was in 1980, but in the 1987, they're like we should probably do something Christmassy. So they brought back the very merry Christmas parade again, and then we finally landed where we are now in Disneyland, which is the Christmas fantasy parade. And the one that was in 1995 has changed in like what characters they've added to it. Um, they did have a lot of ones that were more popular back in the day, um, and they've updated them to more recent characters. But a lot of the concepts in the parade are very similar to what they were in 1955. And then they added floats like this one. You know, they just update them with the new, newer characters. There's a lot of people, though, that like I was reading about this, and they're just like, this parade needs a complete revamp or redo. And, you know, if you look historically, like, that's 
fairly true. Like it, it's about time for them to really maybe come up with something new, but unless they, they don't really have an incentive to do it. You know, so financially it makes more sense to just keep rolling out the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, although I am a huge fan of making small, subtle changes, make a world of a difference. Yeah. Well, I think they can that, take a lot of the things that they already have and repurpose them. Well, I think, you know, there's something to be said for people expect the toy soldiers and the reindeer and now the snowmen, you know, like they have like. But those are nostalgic. Like I, I think those stay and then you change out some of the other things, even if they're reusing the same floats and changing out characters with holiday outfits. Like we all freak out when a character's in a new holiday outfit. We do. That's like a big deal. Yeah. That is the not so brief history of the Disneyland Christmas parades. And I think it's really interesting to look back and see how the parades we have now really are just like bits and pieces of all of these historic parades, except for maybe the circus one. You don't get a lot of the circus one. Yeah, the circus didn't do anything for me. Santa is all we get from that, really. And the tree, the tree was cool. The tree, yeah. Yeah. And I love that the tree... Having the tree in the square as well is like that was an idea that they imported into Disney World when they did it because it was tradition at Disneyland. And I and I like the carolers or choirs performing. I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that that just continued. I didn't mention it after what 1958 was when the official first one was, but it continued every year after that. And now it's just been tradition in the parks. So, yeah. Yeah. Whew, that was a journey. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, thanks for allowing us to parade you around. <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> this is a quick one. It's a quick one. It's never a quick one. Never. It's a no, shocker that we even no. got through that in, in one episode. Thank you for hanging out for another episode of Distry with Kate, the Disney Cicerone, and myself, Kirk, from Walrus Carp. And uh, thanks so much for just enjoying a little bit of Disneyland parade history. I know for those that are listening to this auditorily, if you'd like to see it on uh, Walrus Carp on YouTube, you can find it there. uh, Because visually, some of that stuff does add to it. See you guys. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.